want to go to Ezekiel chapter 37. Started in verse number one today. Praise God. I preached last week on alignment, heaven and earth aligning. I've got more to say about that. But not today. In fact, I've got a lot to say about that. Probably about six more messages on that. Maybe more. That's what I got right now. But I want to talk to you today out of this familiar scripture. And I know that whenever I say this scripture, Ezekiel 37, somebody already shut me off and said, I've heard that before. And you probably have. I have preached it many, many times, but I'm going to tell you something today that I've never seen before in these scriptures. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out into the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them around, all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. They weren't just dry, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. And again, he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to, to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will put sinews on you and bring forth, bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. And then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked and sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus saith the Lord God, come forth. Four winds, O breath, and breathe on the, these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded, he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and there they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Amen. For a few moments here this morning, I want to talk to you on the subject, Miracle in the Valley. Miracle in the Valley. God bless the reading of his word today. Life is filled with ups and downs. We have to learn how to balance it all out. If we don't learn how to balance it out, uh, we will be schizophrenic at best. It's the ebbs and the flows. It's the ups and the downs that, that somewhere along the way we have to learn how to balance it all out 
we have mountains top experiences and in those mountaintop experiences we can see for a far distance into the future we can see what is uh, ahead we can see what is taking place at a, a very uh, long distance but then we also have valleys and it is the low places where that you don't see what's coming ahead you only know what is in front of you but you don't know what is ahead of you but there's some good things that the Bible talks about that happens in the valley David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for God is with me. Goliath was killed in a valley. He, had, he was taken out. He was defeated, even though that the enemies of, of, of God were uh, hurling these uh, words of accusation and, and causing fear to come into their heart. It was a David that went into the valley against Goliath and there in the valley he slew Goliath. The valley is a place of transition. It is a place that you must go through to get from one mountaintop experience to the other. You cannot go from mountaintop to mountaintop without going through the transitional place of the valley. But if you're going to enjoy the mountaintop experience, you've got to learn how to come through the valley of your life. And many times our valleys are ready for a miracle. We just don't know it. Elijah finds himself in a valley and the Bible said that the valley was full of bones. They were very dry. Bones are symbolic through the scripture. When you study bones and you look throughout the scriptures, bones have representation. They, they, in fact, they represent promise. Whenever you hear of them talk of bones, you'll find that, that it is referring to uh, promises that have been either broken or promises that have been kept. It's the reason why that Israel told them, don't leave my bones in Egypt's bondage because we have a promised land. And he said, carry my bones. He said, in other words, what he is saying, if I could give you a word picture, is he's saying, I may not be able to see the promised land, but I want you to carry that promise with you into that land. Carry my bones with you. Don't leave them behind. It is also references the Passover lamb. The Passover lamb, they, they ate the whole lamb. <laughs> he said, and don't break any of its bones. Right? Don't break any of its bones and eat the whole lamb. It is a picture of the lamb, Jesus, that would be slain upon the cross. <laughs> right? You with me? Don't, don't break the lamb's bones. It's a picture of Jesus, the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world. And when they would come to his death upon the cross, most of the time they would break their legs so they could not be able to push up and breathe again. But the scripture tells us that they did not do that to Jesus. They said none of his bones were broken. 
Why did they tell us that? Because of the fact that he wanted them to know that the promise was still intact. That Jesus died upon the cross, yes, but the promise was still there. And praise God today, I tell you, the promise is still there. Amen. A valley experience is when you, when only thing you can see is the stuff in your life that is dead. Only thing you see in your life is the things that were alive, but now they're dead. Bones is the evidence that something was there that was alive, but now it is dead. It was there, but it died on you. The dream that died on you. The goals that you had, but they died on you. And now the only evidence that you ever had a dream or had a goal or had a, had a promise at all is the only evidence that you have is the bones and those bones are very dry. These bones, the Bible said, are scattered. The valley season is a season when your life, when, when there are parts laying everywhere. You have promises, but they're laying everywhere. They're scattered. Have, have you ever had promises that seem like it's scattered everywhere? Whenever you're now doesn't look like anything like what you've been promised. What the situation that you're going through right now doesn't, it doesn't indicate to you that what you have heard in prayer or what you have heard through the word that you, you, you don't see any inclination of that happening in your life. It is when your promises have been scattered. Amen. You have no idea what is going on right now. The valley seems to make no sense. It's, it's a place where that you're disconnected. The valley is a dry place. Everyone goes through dry places. <laughs> and it's in this low place, this dry place, that God asks the question, can these bones live? And the man of God replies, Lord, only you know. You can be in moments of your life when you don't know the answer to the question. <laughs> when God asks you, can these bones live? And all we can say is, God, you're the only one that knows. I don't know the answer. Can this turn around? God, only you know. Can I ever rebound? Can I ever bounce back? God, only you know. Can I live without the people that I thought I could not live without? God, only you know. Can I get on the other side of this, this untimely death of a family member? God, only you know. Can I live with an unanswered prayer. God brings you to the valley of death and asks you, is your valley ready for a miracle? And you say, Lord, only you know. Only you know where I'm at. Only you know if this can be a miracle situation. Only you know 
if it's ever going to turn around in my life. And he says to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them. <laughs> I like it. God doesn't give him the opportunity to say what he wants to say. He says, I'm going to tell you what to say. Do you know that when you're in a dry place and you're in a valley, if you're not careful, you'll allow the flesh to tell you what to say. Your feelings will tell you what to say. What you see will tell you what to say. But God said, no, I'm not going to let that happen right here. I want you to prophesy and I'm going to tell you what to say. I'm thankful today that God can put words in your mouth. I'm thankful today that if you allow him, he'll give you words and he'll give you what to say. And he told the prophet, he said, I want you to say, I will cause breath. Hallelujah. I want you to look around at all of these dead, dry bones, these promises scattered everywhere and pulled apart and, and part of it's laying over here and part of it's over there. And, and man of God, I want you to say, I will cause breath to come to you. Hallelujah. You see, Christianity is not about self-helps. Christianity is about God doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. Now don't waste your time asking God to do for you what you can do for yourself. But what prayer is about is asking God to give you wisdom and give you direction to do what you can do. But God will do the rest. Can you say amen? Amen. There are times when you are so dry that God will not allow you to say what you want to say and sabotage your future. Amen. Because if I say what I feel like saying, I'll say it's over. If I feel like I say what I feel like I say, I'll say God ain't doing nothing for me. If I say what I feel like saying, I'll say, no one knows what I'm going through. If I say what I want to say, I'll say that, God, it, it looks like that this is dead. It looks like it is over. It's too dry. It's too far gone. Amen. But he did not tell him to say what he's seen. He did not tell him to say what he felt. He said, I want you to prophesy and I'm going to tell you what to say. And if you will prophesy and say what I tell you to say, I will cause. Not man, not you. He said, this is on me. You be obedient. Huh? You be obedient and I will cause the Spirit of God to come. I will cause breath to come. It's your job and my job to say what he tells us to say, but it's the Holy Spirit's job to make it happen. I will cause breath to come to you. Just when you feel dry, 
Just when you feel dusty, when you feel dead and the wind and the breath has been knocked out of you. But God says about that time, I will cause breath to come. If you will just be obedient in the valley, I will cause a miracle to take place. There isn't no sign of life. There isn't no sign that this is anything that's possible to take place. Bones laying everywhere. But God said prophesy and cause I will cause breath to come to this situation there are seasons when it gets so dry I don't know what God's about to do <laughs> but if I will quit giving life to my feelings and voice to my doubt and just prophesy the word of the Lord over my situation he will cause breath to come to it Amen. I will cause breath. So I prophesied as I was commanded. I didn't feel it. Huh? He didn't say I felt a little tingle, so I prophesied. No, God gave him the words, and then he prophesied it. I didn't, he didn't say, I felt something, so then I did it. He said, I was commanded to do it, so I did it. There's a promise in doing things that you're told to do even when you don't feel like doing it. Every so often, you have to put words in your own mouth and prophesy over your own life, over your own family, over your own marriage, over, what, over your family, over what God is saying to you. He said, I spoke what I was commanded. Do you ever notice that whenever God gives you a word, it is always the opposite of what you see? It, it, is, it is the opposite of what you feel. There, there is power in speaking a word in obedience that when you don't feel it, you say it anyhow. That's what prophecy is all about. That's the reason why true prophets look weird. Amen. True prophecy, the gift of prophecy, it, it causes you to look like a weirdo. Because it, whenever you speak what you hear in your spirit, it doesn't look nothing like what is going on in the natural, but you're creating something. Amen? How are you creating? You're creating with your words the same way that God created the heavens and the earth with his voice. You, when you begin to speak and you begin to prophesy into your future, prophesy over your family, prophesy over your finances, you are not saying what it looks like or what you feel like. You're declaring it that not what it is, but what it shall be. And so you can't just get up and say what you feel. You can't just get up and say what is going on around you. You've got to get into the realm of the Spirit. And he began to hear the voice of God in this dry place. And as he heard the voice of God, he began to prophesy out of obedience, not of what he felt. Anyone can do it when you're feeling it. Anyone can do it when you're feeling it. 
But can you prophesy in the middle of your valley? Can you prophesy what you've been commanded when you don't feel it? A lot of folks are that way with their worship. They, I've heard people say, well, I just didn't feel nothing. No, you didn't feel nothing because you ain't done nothing. Amen. Well, I'm not going to do nothing until I feel nothing. Well, just hold on, honey. You ain't going to go nowhere either. You ain't going to feel nothing. My worship is not a response to feeling his presence. My worship is an invitation for his presence to come. And so whenever I begin to respond and prophesy or speak the word of the Lord, the Bible, the scriptures, right? And begin to declare over my situation and my circumstance, I'm not talking about what it is. I'm talking about what it shall become because of the word of the Lord. Amen. And so he, he started and when he started, he, he began to speak, not what he felt, but he prophesied in the middle of the valley as he was commanded. And it starts happening while he is talking. I've I, I got this as a sub point this morning. Your miracle, or I could say it like this, nothing is going to happen until you start talking. Whenever you you whenever somebody says a thing and you're silent, silence is agreement. Amen. Silence is agreement. You can't allow somebody to speak over your life or declare things over your life and remain silent. Because if you do, then you come into agreement with what they are saying. You say, well, I don't know about all that. I can tell you it's true. You, you've got to rise up. There's got to be something inside of you that says, oh, no, that, that, that right there is not so. It's not true. And I will not accept that into my life. You've got to start talking. And the moment that he started talking, something started moving. <laughs> Amen. As soon as he changed what he was coming into agreement with. And I want to say to you, the moment that you change what you come into agreement with and you begin to prophesy, there's going to come a sound. He said, the moment that I changed the agreement, what, I, what was the agreement? I was looking around in the natural and there was dry bones. They were very dry. They were, they were scattered everywhere and that's what I'm in agreement with. But now I've heard the word of the Lord has come to me and so now I'm going to come out of agreement with what I see, what I hear, what I feel and I'm going to come into agreement with the word of the Lord and I'm going to prophesy in this valley, in this dry place in this I'm not feeling it but I heard it and so I'm going to speak what I have heard to this situation and when he began to speak what he was commanded something began to change there came a sound for you to come out of the valley your speech has got to change 
I'm going to say that again. For you to come out of the valley, your speech has got to change. Your sound has got to change. Amen? You cannot come out of the valley. You will not receive a miracle in the valley as long as you are being being a, 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 a Christian that is only agreement with the flesh. You can't be a hee-haw Christian and expect to see the supernatural. As long as you're agreeing with doom and despair and agony on me and a day late and a dollar short and nobody will ever help me out, you're going to stay in that valley and it's going to be very dry. But you've got to hear the word of the Lord. Come on, somebody. And when you hear the word, you've got to begin to speak. And what you're speaking is not what you see, but what you have heard. Amen. And I want to tell you that when you begin to speak it, there's going to come a rattling. There's going to come a shaking. There's going to come a noise. Hallelujah. And this morning you've got to begin to speak with the word of the Lord and change what you've been saying. Change the sound. You know, the sound is different. The Bible said weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping doesn't sound nothing like joy. There's a shift. Huh? There's a shift. Midnight only lasts for 60 seconds. Come on, somebody. Midnight only lasts for 60 seconds. But joy comes in the morning. You've got to learn. We've got to learn how to take off the spirit of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. We've got to learn how that weeping, and there is a time for weeping, but there is a time for rejoicing. And if you're going to make that shift, you've got to take into me determine in your heart and in your mind that I'm going to change this thing right here. I've weeped long enough. I've been here long enough. These bones have tormented me long enough. I've been in this dry place. But today I'm going to release another sound. It's not going to be of me weeping. It's not going to be of me mourning. But today I'm going to speak joy unspeakable full of glory I'm going to change my sound hallelujah I want to tell you today that changing your sound will cause a shaking to take place amen <laughs> they changed the sound in the, in the valley and the Bible said then there came a shaking you've been in that valley so long and you've got in the place to where now God's got to bring a shaking to get you out. Amen. And then bones came together. When the joy came, when he changed the sound that was in the valley, it caused the valley to begin to shift. It caused the circumstances of what he was seeing and what he was hearing and what he was feeling. It began to shift. 
And the Bible said that the bones came together and sinew came upon the bones and then skin. I want to say to you this morning that these three things must happen for you to come out of your valley. These three things must happen for you to come out of your valley. Number one, bones must come together. Bones must come together. This is the power of connection. Bones must connect. One reason we stay in valleys is because we don't know how to connect with anyone. We're an island to ourselves. We stay by ourselves. We don't get connected to others. And because of that, we don't see the results that we want to see. And we stay in the valley. But bones must come together. Whenever I bring my promise and put it together with your promise, then the promise gets stronger and our faith begins to build and we can see the supernatural come to reality in our lives. Can you say amen? Jesus never taught the church to, to come to church. He said, assemble yourselves together. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Isolation is the ground, uh, grounds of destruction. But whenever we begin, the bones begin to come together. Connectivity. That's the reason why we have life groups. That's the reason why that we have family gatherings. So that we can connect with one another. Amen. Because if you do not come together, there will be no release of power. God doesn't bless Lone Rangers. Tonto's dead. <laughs> Amen. Lone Rangers don't get it done. But he blesses unity. He blesses where people come together. And so in order for us to come out of our valley or us to see miracles, bones must come together. And it is there that there is the power of connection. Amen. Number two, sinew. This is commitment. This is the definition of sinew. A tough fibrous tissue uniting muscle to bone or bone to bone, tendon or ligaments. And God said, I'll call sinew to come. What breaks us is when people who said they were connected to us didn't know how to love us through hard times. People who said they were connected to us but then couldn't love us through our humanity. Amen. Sinew is what gives the body strength and mobility. Without it, the bones will pull apart. Without sinew, 
There will be no stability. But whenever you get sinew upon the bones, then the bones are strong. But the bones can also move. They have elasticity. They can function. They can move. They can, they can, they can do what they need to do. And so sinew is what gives the body strength and mobility so that we are not pulled apart. And God knows we need sinew in the house of God today. People will get turned sideways over nothing. We are, and and, 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 I, and I'm, I'm preaching to us because I'm part of us. But people aren't no different in the world. Get offended over every little thing. Whenever they should know our heart. If we were connected, that we would know each other's heart. And so whenever we would even say something out of order or alignment, we could look beyond the humanity of what was said because we know their heart, but we're not connected, so we don't know their heart, so we're easily pulled apart. I'm preaching a lot better than you're letting on today. Some folks only stay connected as long as it's comfortable. We have a problem with commitment. Amen. We have a problem with commitment. But I want to tell you that no matter what you do in life, whenever you com commit yourself to coming together, whether it is in, in whatever relationship stage it is in, if it's friendship, if it's, if it's marriage, if it is a church, if it is a job, whatever it is, when you, when you commit yourself to something, there's gonna, you're going to have to have some sinew. You're going to have to have some, you know, the old weeble wobbles. You've got to have some elasticity where you weeble and you wobble, but you don't fall down. Telling my age now, aren't I? <laughs> Amen. You've got to have something that will cause you to hold on when it gets tough. Because how many know no matter what you start out to do, it's not always going to be easy. In the tough times, you've got to have sinew that holds the bones together so that you can come through the tough time to experience the blessed time. Amen? Then he said, you have to have the bones, you have to have the sinew, and then you have to have the skin. The skin represents the covering. You've got to be covered. I said, you got to be covered. You can't just be out here doing whatever you want to do. Good people can get off track whenever they don't have a covering. Well-intended people can get off track when you don't have a covering. You got to have somebody to be accountable to. You've got to, it, 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 it isn't a prison, it's a blessing. There's freedom in accountability. And if you don't have a covering, then you'll not be able to see the goodness that God has for you. So we've got the bones, we've got the sinew, we've got the skin, but there's no breath.
We got the bones. Connectivity. We got the sinew. Commitment. We got the skin. Covering. But the first thing, he, he promised breath. And the first thing he promised was the last thing he performed. Are you walking with me? The first thing God promised the prophet, if you'll say this, I'll cause breath. He didn't say I'll cause bones to come together. He didn't say I'll cause sinew. He didn't say, he said, if you'll prophesy, I'll cause breath. And the first thing he promised is the last thing he performed. Prophesy to these bones and I will cause breath. And the first thing he promised, say you're being repetitious. Yeah, I want you to get it. The first thing he promised is the last thing he performed. Why? Because it's the process of being connected, being committed, being covered that prepares you to be able to receive the breath of God. If you're not connected, if you don't have elasticity, if you don't have the sinew, if you don't have the covering, then there's no need for breath. Huh? Could you imagine how stupid those bones would have looked if he had put breath in them while they were scattered? Don't make sense, does it? But it was when they came together, bones came together, sinew came together, skin covered it up. It was then this process. Life is a process. If somebody preaches to you there's no process, you better stay away from them. Because life is a process. It's a process of mountains and a process of valleys. Highs and lows, ebbs and flows, ins and ups and downs. But the reality of it is this. It is all a process to bring you to a place where God can <sighs> breathe into you, Adam. So you can get up and you can enjoy this mountaintop experience that I have for you. So you can have elasticity so that you won't be blown about with every wind of doctrine. So that you won't be tossed to and fro because someone hurt your feelings or somebody said this, that, or the other. My God, he's bringing us together so he can put breath into us. And he's not going to allow us to be dysfunctional anymore. And when they received breath, the Bible said they stood up an exceedingly great army. Hallelujah. They stood up an exceedingly great army, an army that was connected, an army that was committed. And an army that was covered. And of God be for us. I said of God be for us. Then who can be against us?
But if I've got the bones together, the sinew, the commitment, and the covering, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every lying tongue shall be condemned in the day of judgment. I don't know what, what, what you're looking at today. I don't know what is in your valley. I don't know the bones that you are dealing with or what it looks like or what it feels. But I come today to challenge somebody to stand up in the middle of it. You don't have to feel nothing here today. All you got to do is hear the word of the Lord and prophesy what you hear. I said prophesy what you hear. Speak into the valley and say, valley, you're going to hear the word of the Lord today. And whenever I leave, I'm going to leave out of this valley with the connectivity. I'm going to leave out of this valley with commitment. And I'm going to leave out of this valley with covering. And the blessing of the Lord is going to be upon my life. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Stand with me today, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know who I come to talk to today, but I come to talk to some people that are in the valley and needed some instruction today. And this word of the Lord has come to where you are. You say yes to the word and you, you dare to, you, you have to change your sound. Your sound of moaning and groaning is over. Your sound of woe is me is over. It's going to take a praise. It's going to take a hallelujah. It's going to take a, a rejoicing from your soul. Amen. That'll change the sound. And when you change the sound, the shift is going to take place. And God's going to do something significant in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want faith to rise in your heart today. I want faith to rise in your heart today. So that you can release the sound that you hear. Because it doesn't do any good to hear the sound and not release the sound. But I pray today in this place that God raise up a prophetic anointing. Hallelujah. Raise up a prophetic anointing.
whenever I just said that, I was reminded of what the Lord spoke to me on the first day of this fast. About Samuel. Saul. And how that Saul would send his servants. First he sent a little insignificant servant over. Try to get God's people and destroy them and God's man. And whenever those servants got in the presence of the prophets, they began to prophesy just like they did. He said, I'll send somebody else. And he, he sends a higher level of servant. They go over and they begin to get close into the area of where they were. And the Bible said they begin to prophesy. He sends his main men over. And, and the same thing happens. They get into proximity and they begin to prophesy. He said, I'll go myself. And Saul, this wicked man that has murder in his heart, when he gets in the presence of the prophets, he himself begins to prophesy. There is such an atmosphere. I said, there is such an atmosphere. You don't have to be a prophet, a gift of a prophet. But whenever there is a spirit of prophecy that is released, you just get in the atmosphere and you begin, oh, hallelujah. And you begin to hear the voice of heaven. You begin to hear the sound of heaven. And it gives you an authority and an, a boldness to release what you've heard. You don't have to release it to the house unless it is a, a word for the house. But you've got to be bold enough to prophesy over your family, over your future, over the situations of your life. You've got to speak to your mountain, Zerubbabel. Because your mountain knows your voice. And it's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of the living God. And when you'll open your mouth... The situation's going to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know who this word is for today, but you just want to put a yes on it. I want you to come and stand today. I know I don't give directive a lot of times on how to do.